If a preacher wants to get himself into trouble, this is what he'll preach on to get himself into trouble. Most people tolerate you preaching on their sin. They'll say, man, preacher, you stepped on my toes. You got it. And they, they got that. But people, my old pappy used to say, he still says, people get funny when you talk about their money. And that is true. Now, you got your Bible this morning because I'm a Bible preacher. I'm not just going to make things up and give you a philosophy. I'm going to give you what God has said. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And so, we have been in this series of messages on the church. I felt led of the Holy Spirit of God to preach on the church in light of the state of churches in America. And I'm not saying we're the only ones that's doing it right and biblical. There's plenty of churches that are Bible-believing that still preach in this book and still have good pastors and good people. And so broaden your horizon a little bit. There's so much apostasy in churches today. And you know what the triggers are and the sacred cows are. We're not going to rehash all that. So our first message was on real church. What is it? And we found out from the Word of God, Christ started it. He purchased it with His own blood. And that if you've been born again by the blood of the Lamb, having received Christ, you're part of that church. And then we got into God's purpose. Why did He start a church? Why did He institute church? And so we preached a message on that about church and what was its purpose. We even took that text out of Matthew 28 where there are three parts to the Great Commission and it applies to the church where to be a going church or a dynamic church where to have ministry focus outside the four walls of this building we were to see or lead people to Christ baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and then to disciple them. That means to begin teaching them about God and the things of God and about what God has told us to do, which brings us to who's paying for all this? <laughs> God's financing for the church. Is it biblical? And generally when you get on something like this, people know what you're getting ready to do. They've heard it before. Uh, they say, well, tithing's Old Testament preacher. Uh, we're in the New Testament. And I'm glad you believe that way because by the time this message is over, you're going to want to go back to the 10% and not give it all. Because in the New Testament church, that's what they were doing. I didn't, no takers, is there? That's right. Everybody's a rightly divider. Everybody believes in biblical division. <laughs> and so, but we're going to see what God has told the church to do. But let's read a couple verses of Scripture. Here out of 1 Corinthians, if you found your place, chapter 16. I love how the Word of God works and how plain it is. He says this, Now concerning the collection for the saints. So he's talking about passing the plate. The collection. He says, As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Now, I've got a side note in my Bible there. 
This is one of the places I go to to prove no state churches, no associations. Did you, did you catch that in the text? He says he had given this same order to the churches of Galatia, meaning that the churches of Galatia were indigenous or separated from the churches here in Corinth. There was no hierarchy or world council of churches. Uh, that is something that man has come up with, and that is the beauty of being independent and Baptist. Baptist is not just a denomination. It's the biblical belief and the biblical method for uh, preaching and continuing in the apostles' doctrine. And so the Bible enforces and pushes that our churches be independent. We here as tree of life, we govern ourselves. That's how it was meant to be biblically. I figured I'd point that out while I was reading the text so that you can learn something from the Word of God. Then he says, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve, uh, that's your treasure. It's not in the message, but I'm pointing it out. That's your Bible treasure. He said, whomsoever ye shall approve. Again, not the world council of churches, not the bishop, not the pope, whom the congregation, he's talking specifically to the church in Corinth. It was a local assembly in the city of Corinth. Whomsoever ye shall approve. And we have a treasure. And, and so we've approved, and he does the treasuring, and we got helpers. And he says, by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you now for today. And Lord, wait, I understand this is a tough subject now, Father, it's tough just because the devil doesn't like it. It's not because I think that it's going to be tough in here this morning. It's not. This has been a giving church. But, Lord, we must go over these things because you went over them. Now, you speak through me. Let the Holy Spirit touch hearts. Now, Lord, we also want to keep in mind that there are those that have gone astray. They need to be prayed for. And Lord, uh, uh, you bring them back into the house of God. There's others that just don't care about church. And Lord, we ask that you deal with those situations, but then there are others that are lost, that could be listening, that even could be here. Lord, let the Holy Spirit speak to their heart today about their need for Jesus. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. So, here on this, God's financing for the church. Maybe you've heard, well, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And maybe you even heard a preacher or an evangelist say, God don't need your money. Uh, God can get uh, uh, his, his things done. And, and, and it makes for good preaching. And, and, and you're right. God, you know, there's no one person that's going to hold the work of God hostage. But God has given you some of those cattle that he owns on a thousand hills. And he wants you to honor him with some of them by giving them back. And so that's the thinking here. Uh, as we, and by way of introduction, 92% of Christians don't tithe. Imagine what we could do 
in churches in America if everybody obeyed the scripture on this point. Imagine the missions we could support. Imagine the things that we could do for God. But it is a proven fact that 92% of all Christians don't tithe. You see, which begs the question, how does God finance His ministry? How does this thing happen? Uh, with here, there's people that are not a member of this church that will send money. It'll come in the mail and they'll send money. And by the way, y'all can relax. I've not been looking at who's given what. I purposely do that for this reason alone. I can get in the pulpit. You might have been putting 10000 a week in. I don't know. But I can get in here with a clear conscience and not pull the barrel down on anybody or anybody think, oh, he's talking about me. Oh, no, no, because I don't know. Matter of fact, there's some of you, I won't name your names, that when people in years gone by that said when they left, it was going to hurt the church financially, they would come to me and say, how much were they given? I'll just give what they were given for a little while to help us through this time. There's been other people that says, I'm just going to step up my giving. We're a small congregation. Uh, uh, some of you all in here this morning know if there's a need in my home or know that I want something, all of a sudden there's cash laying. <laughs> you come over to the house and there's cash laying. We get cash. And I want to thank you for that. So I don't have an axe to grind this morning. I'm not drawing the fire down, but I'm simply preaching the Word of God in an honest fashion here. So how does God finance His ministry? How has God financed His ministry in the past? In the past, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, God has used His children to finance His ministry and His outreach. It was called tithes. You've probably heard of that word, tithes, 10%. It was called offerings. That's love offerings. We took up a love offering last Sunday for the missionary that we had in Wednesday nights. And that was nice. Uh, that was above tithes and offerings. But then there's one other level of giving which is called faith promise, or I prefer to call it sacrificial giving. That's when you get into your hamburger money. Uh, that might be when you get into your coffee, fancy coffee money. And you say, instead of treating myself, I'm going to put that in the offering, and I'm going to give that weekly. And that's above your tithe and offering. We're not talking about that. Let's just get into the bare minimum, and you'll see why at the end of the message. But here's how a Bible student, a Bible believer, looks at tithing. Let me give you this by way of introduction. Number one, Abraham started it 450 years before the law. Everybody says, well, tithing's in the Old Testament. No, Abraham started it. It's, that's the first mention of it there in Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. Then Jacob continued it in Genesis 28, 22. Then Moses, God had Moses incorporate it into the law. God liked it so much, it was a system he set up. He says, Moses, put it into the law. And you would find that in Leviticus 27, verse 30. 
But then one of the things that Nehemiah restores uh, when the nation of Israel had fallen into apostasy and they're rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem is tithing and he restores it. So the old adage is, if you're not giving right, you're not living right. You're backslid on God. And so Malachi commanded it in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 through 10. But then the letters in red, Jesus Christ himself, he commends it and says, you need to tithe like the Pharisees do. You would find that in Matthew 23, 23. God ordains it there in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, about verse 13. He goes over some giving and how to take care of your pastor. That's what got me into trouble all those years ago. It's in the Bible. And then... The Apostle Paul, in the text that we have chosen this morning, he explains it to the church. And so that's how a Bible believer views this thing of giving, views this thing of tithing. God has always used it. It's always been in the ministry of God that God uses His people, His children, to finance His ministry. And so in our text... God lays out His financial plan for the church. And again, I've covered point one right there in verse one. No state churches, no board churches, no world council of churches. Each church was to operate in an autonomous manner, self-governing. No cardinals, no board of bishops, no popes. That's an important question to ask. When you come in, maybe you want to join a church, you, want to under, you might ask the question, what is your polity here? You say, I've never heard that word. Well, that's a fancy word. I'm throwing it around, you know. Uh, <laughs> that means church government style. How is the church, how does it govern itself? Well, by the book, we got a constitution that keeps us in line with the laws of the land. But we do things by the word of God here. And so, we're to be self-governing. This is God's order. This is where you give. If you're a member of a local church, that's where your giving goes. I know today a lot of people, uh, they might be a member of a local church, but they give their money to TV preachers. You know, they buy those little rags and oil and maybe a little red thread and because they've been promised if you do that, you'll be blessed with millions of dollars in financial success. It's a trick of the devil. <laughs> the Lord wants you to give uh, to your local assembly. That's what he's laying out here in black and white. So where is this giving to take place? In the house of God. But when do I give? He even gets that specific here in verse 2. Upon the first day of the week. Well, imagine that. That's Sunday. That's right. Sunday morning we take that offering. That's the biggest offering of the week. I don't generally take an offering on a Sunday night. Generally don't take an offering on a Wednesday night. Why? Because we're such a small group of people. And the same people show up. I don't want you to think I'm trying to bleed you dry. <laughs> Biblically speaking, he says, hey, first day of the week. 
That's Sunday. Now the Bible's also teaching you that Sunday is the day to go to church. So, well, he, he didn't spell that out. Well, how are you going to give if you're not in the house of God? He's laying these things down. So when do I give? On the first day of the week, every Sunday. He says there, lay up in store. Now that begins, that's a tag word. That should be a word in your Bible concordance that is in your mind. And if that fails you, you should have a Bible program on your smart device. Don't use it in church. <laughs> that should tie you in with Malachi chapter 3 because the Lord said that that nation of Israel had been robbing him. And they said, oh Lord, wherein have we been robbing you? He said in tithes and offerings. And he says, you need to bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. He says, you lay it up in store. However, God has prospered you and you bring it and give it to God. So you save it up through the week. So you have it on Sunday. You know, being raised in a Christian home, you'd think that because my father was a pastor, I'd never had any trouble with tithing. I did. <laughs> It's all fun until it's coming out of your pocket. People get funny when you talk about their money. And that didn't change for me until I think I was in my second year of Bible school. I'm in Bible school. I'm being called to preach and everything. And the, the teacher was preaching on stewardship. And he says, how you view this thing is your tithe is the first bill you write out. I never thought about it as a bill before. Well, it's a bill come from God. We understand bills. Uh, we got phone bills, truck bills, house bills, uh, food bills, feed bills. Uh, they're getting higher, by the way. Gas bills. But the Lord says you need to save up a little bit through the week for me. You need to begin to look at it. It's a bill that's due. And so it's the first thing. That you write out. You say, preach, boy, I didn't think I liked you preaching on my. I noticed we only got one visitor in here. I hope, no, don't take it the wrong way. We're not picking on you <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's, it's been over seven years since I've preached on tithing in this pulpit. I've mentioned it, I've threatened and, 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 and mentioned it, but not a whole message. So we see when to give, where to give. So who is to give? That's a good question. And you need to get into a habit of asking your Bible questions while you read it. It helps you grow. So who, who is obligated to give, preacher? Well, look at verse 2 with me. Upon the first day of the week, that's when, let every one of you, that's who, Oh, you mean it's not just 10% in the church? They're the givers and everybody else gets the free ride? No. The Bible's very specific. <laughs> That's why I've been working on online giving. Here's why. 
Do you understand there's a lot of people that watch us online? They probably won't now after today. That claim this is their church. I ain't seen a dime from that crowd. We're fixing to change that. You say, why? Because if you're claiming this is your church, uh, hey, let me help you out. If this is the church you're coming to, boy, I like that church down there. I like when those kids sing. Boy, I just like that, that auditorium, beautiful. And I, I, I just like everything that goes on. I love the pastor's wife, and I love the people. Well, what about the pastor? <laughs> if this is the church you're claiming you put up with me, then this is where you need to be given. He says, every one of you. Boy, ain't that clear. This is not a congressional committee where they're asking questions. You never get the answer. God is so clear. Who's supposed to give? Every one of you. I remember years ago, I got to tell it. I didn't do this. But my pappy did. It's in this small church. And it was struggling financially. So old Pappy, he got him a whiteboard up. Now, I've thought about doing this, but I haven't. And there was about 27, 30 people in there. And so my old Pappy, during Sunday school class, says, All right, how much you make in a year? Right there, boy, get quiet in there now. Now, wait a minute. You want to know what the pastor makes a year, right? That's in the yearly budget, right? Good work. We believe in accountability, right? Good. What do you make in a year? Let's do it better like this. What's your combined gross income between you and your wife? Oh, it's getting, it was getting quiet then because people get funny when you get to turning over those stones. Church getting ready to close its doors. And so they didn't want to answer the question. Dad said, well, I know where you work. I know what you're making. You're making about 40 grand a year. And your wife, she's an RN. She's making about 40, 45,000. That's 85,000 a year. That's just in the first family. And he went back to the next one. Where you work? They want to answer the question. When it was all said and done, that church for 27 people should have been taken up about 3,500 to 4,000 a week if everybody was just give 10%. And the church was getting ready to close its doors. And everybody's sitting around there like, well, I guess God's done, you know. Uh, that money just didn't magically appear. Pastor, you must not be praying right. What happened to that money tree in the backyard? Well, I didn't get one. If I did, I might have cut it down by mistake. Didn't mean to. But the Lord says, who is to give? Every one of you. If you're saved, he's talking to you. He's also teaching if you're saved, you should be part of a church. Be a member. No lone rangers. No just doing it my way. If you're saved, God's command is be a part of a church. And support that church. Because church, God started it. And so when you forsake it in your attendance, and I'm always on that, to forsake it in the attendance. Like, look, guys, you, you, you need don't not to be laying out of church. But we never want to get in because it gets me into trouble. Forsake it in your giving. Oh, that's forsaking the church too. 
Oh, preacher. Every one. See, even the kids, if they got an allowance, you need to be teaching them how to give their part back to God. So how much do I give? Let's get to that part. It's quiet in here. I can feel it stiffening up just a little bit. Because you you're afraid now. I got you thinking. You're not getting ready to turn that into the whiteboard, are you? Trying to figure out what we've made. No, I'm not doing that. I ain't like my pappy. Well, maybe I am. But I ain't going to do that. And again, I don't know who's given what. Y'all might have just dropped $10,000 and put it in the plate. Amen. Bless God. I don't know. I just know the big numbers and the little numbers. Do we have enough to cover us for this week and last week? I know as much as you do when you look into the bulletin. We've had some low weeks. So how much do I give? Well, verse 2. As God has prospered him. Oh, okay. So if I get a raise, God gets a raise. Amen. You're getting it. God's standard in the past was 10%. That's why I told you, it's God's, always, God's never raised His rates, really. He's not. So, has God changed anything in the New Testament? Good question. Well, He gives us a principle. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So how much do you want God to bless? You go, I don't even think I have any change. You're going to throw in a nickel's worth? You're going to throw in a quarter's worth? That's what he's saying. You want to sow little, you're going to get blessed little. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now what did he just say? Back up to chapter 8 here. Watch this in about verse 7, because he's talking about giving to the church. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, remember, grace, we were to grow in grace, grow in service, grace in service, grace in knowledge. Well, he wants you to grow in giving too. And in utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us see that you abound in this grace also. What is that? Grace giving, which is the New Testament term. So we see, well, how much am I to give? Well, what do you want God to bless? God is saying we are to abound in this grace, growing in grace. And God gives us, let me give you another principle now. We're about done. About giving. It's in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Here's what Jesus said. Words in red again. Christ is backing up the teaching of the Bible. 
you know, you run into those people that say, I don't follow the rest of the Bible. I only follow the letters in red. I've been told that. Well, amen. I'm glad you do. Let's see what Jesus says if you're following the letters in red. Now, I would recommend you follow all the Bible because he says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. But if you're one of them, then here's what Jesus said. Give! <laughs> Jesus preached on two subjects more than any other subjects. Can anybody guess what they are? Hell and money. <laughs> I bet nobody told you that. Yeah, Christ preached on hell and money more than any other subject. Yet, nobody wants to talk about it. And everybody says, I just wish you were a preacher like Jesus. I just wished I just follow those letters in red. No, you don't. Here he is. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Why just not get no blessings? Are you blessing the church with what God has prospered you with? He says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. So when you give to God, God's given back to you. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. You can't outgive God. He's saying his shovel is bigger than your shovel. He says, put it in a shovel, shovel it in, and he says, my shovel is going to be bigger than your shovel. That's what he just said. So, do you believe God? I don't know if I like that, preacher. <laughs> That's your interpretation. I didn't think you wanted to follow the letters in red. And when you give to him, he's going to give back to you with interest. Now, so he said, is there a New Testament example of grace giving? Yes, there is. Because it's an important question. Go to Acts chapter 2. There is a New Testament example. Most everybody that I deal with that has problems, they don't want to support their local church. They don't believe in getting, giving. And their, their excuse is, well, I can't afford to give. Then the devil's been messing with you. Devil's got you bogged down. The devil wants your stuff. He don't want you to support God's ministry. Well, God's rich. He don't need my money. That, the devil's been whispering in your ear. God's already told you he's going to use your money to further his earthly ministry. And he'll give it back to you. It's called eternal investment. You all have retirement accounts, don't you? Yeah, you put a little away. Okay, you want a retirement? You want an inheritance over there? That's what he's saying. Now, Acts chapter 2, let me give this because we're going to preach out of this because this is a dynamic church. This church has got about six elements that's in it. And we're going to find out, did God bless what they were doing? That's a good question, but let's look at this for today. About verse 44. And all that believed, that's every one of you. Oh, I'm a believer. Good. Where are you giving? Well, I don't give anywhere. Then I don't think you're a believer. Say, oh, man, I don't like that. I, it's, it's okay. 
Maybe I'm wrong on that. But it sure looks like that from the Word of God, don't it? He says, were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them unto all men as every man had need and they continued daily with one accord. He said, what are they doing? Well, let me share with you. Go to chapter 4. Here's Barnabas, verse 36. And Joseph, who by the apostle was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it to the apostles' feet. Gave it all to the church. Now I'm meddling, ain't I? I'm not asking for your, <laughs> what you own, what you've been selling. But this church was given it all. And so some preachers say, oh, well, that was communism. This is not communism. That's just another excuse the devil's giving you not to give. They were all in the full-time ministry, said, I don't need this. I'm giving it all to God. So in the New Testament, they were giving it all. So what would you like, 10% or give it all? See, I kind of like that Old Testament better. Yeah, amen. It was easier. Grace is harder. Grace ain't easier. Remember what Jesus said? He says, in the Old Testament, if you committed adultery, it was a sin. But he says, I'm telling you in the New Testament, if you even look at a woman to lust after, you've already committed the adultery. Does that sound easier? That ain't easier. Like, oh. The Old Testament said, if you killed a man in cold blood, then you're to be killed. But the Lord said, if you hate your brother and you're mad and you hate him, he said, you've already killed him in your heart. You're guilty. Oh. <laughs> hmm. How many people have you killed? So is grace easier? Yeah. So this is the New Testament example. He said, okay, where's the balance? Preacher, and I'll, I'll be done. I've not been too long, see? Too long. Where's the balance? Because now I got you all scared. Because you think I've been laying around like, okay, I sold that, I've been doing this, doing that. I'm not. I don't care. I'm just going to preach the book and let the Holy Spirit deal with you because He make you a lot more miserable than I could. No less than 10%. We've seen that. God has never... Give a number to somebody that was less than 10%. Up to 100%. We've seen that in the early church. So you could give, you got liberty now, you could give it all. If you chose. You can't outgive God. So God's boundaries, God's going to give you boundaries. And I like giving people leadership. I like just giving them some boundaries. I don't want to micromanage. Give well, I say that. Sometimes I slip up. I'll give you some boundaries, some tolerances. And God's giving you a tolerance. No less than 10%, up to 100%. And so now you need to listen to the Holy Spirit to give you a number between those two. As every man purposeth in his heart. So it'll be more than 10%, up to 100%. Preacher, I don't like that. I'm no, I'm telling you, I kind of like the 10% thing and then give to missions on top of the 10%, don't you? <laughs> Conclusion. 
This is how God finances the church. It's right there. It's clear. It's not up for debate. It's not up, well, I just don't think so. It's real clear. That's legal language. This is called grace giving. And it's not static. It's dynamic. It means it's moving. God's grace is not a one-time thing. But it's an ongoing work of God in our hearts to transform us and His likeness and compelling us to know, to love, and to serve God. We, me and you, cannot do the work of grace. But we can let grace work through us. The power is in Christ, not in us. Let's let grace loose in our lives. Let's allow this giving grace. We need to grow in giving grace. If you're a member of this church and you see what's been coming in, that affects you too. 92% of people won't give. Maybe it's because preachers are too chicken to preach on it. Maybe. I know I get myself in the trouble every time I preach on it. Somebody will be mad. Now, this group, nobody's going to get mad. Nobody's gotten mad that I know of for a long time. You'll take it. Even if it's stepped on your toes, you take it. And you want to know why? Because I'm your pastor and you allow me to have input into your life. That's what a pastor is. It's someone you allow to have input in your life. And what I'm saying is that God is going to use His people to finance His ministry. It is commanded in the Scriptures that everyone is obligated. Why do you think nobody wants to join church? And I like what one of you said, because I'm a softy. Most of you know I am. People want to use the church and our facilities and properties. They're not members. And I had, had my men say, hey, preacher, if they ain't, here's, here's how I feel about it. If they ain't putting money in our plate, I don't think we, we're the ones trying to pay the bill around here. I said, thank you for that. I needed that encouragement. Because as pastoring, I know things are on a razor's edge. And the people that love you one week can hate your guts the next week over little things. Say, amen. Amen. I agree with that. And I thank God for my men that will stand up and help me. Yeah, preacher. <laughs> until they're putting their money in our plate, I wouldn't just say yes to them all the time. Amen. Thank you. And some of you men have even said when people ask... Well, can we just use the church, you know, for our wedding? They're not members. Like, <laughs> I know how to answer this. I already talked with the pastor. No. If you're not a member. Amen. 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 Grace giving. Let the grace of God work through you. That's the Bible's take. That's how God finances the church. Every one of us has obligation to give to God. No less than 10%. Say, well, I want to give more. Amen. Some of you give more. And thank God for you. 
But I just can't help wonder about that statistic, 92% don't give. That's sobering, isn't it? I got that from Ministry 127, Brother Paul Chapel. It's not something that just come willy-nilly up. I didn't just make it up. That's the growing, that is the statistic when people poll other people. Hopefully the message will be speak to your hearts. Maybe encourage you like, preacher, I didn't know. Nobody's ever said nothing. I didn't know. Now you know. I believe God laid this series of messages on my heart to help remind us of what God wants from us. And sometimes God's not blessing us the way we think He ought to because I'll bless you on how you were giving to my ministry. That principle is there. So let's be givers, grace givers. Let's support the work of God so we can do more. Let's all stand this morning.